Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DNA Football Talk podcast. I am one of the hosts. My name is David. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Anthony. Anthony, how are we doing today, sir? A little up and down, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's been kind of a wild ride for you this week. Um, and uh, we apologize for no episode on Wednesdays. Uh, just some, you know... Anthony, I don't know if, if you know this, but hey, man, life is sometimes a little bit hard. <laughs> yeah, life life can get in the way of things that you had planned, and you know you work you work through it, you work past it, and you get going. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So, but we are back. This is going to be a special long episode for all of you loyal 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 listeners because we just know that you love to hear our voices. And um, so we, we got a little, bit, a little bit of an extra long episode this this uh, th- this Saturday. So go ahead, sit back, grab some popcorn and uh, let's let's dive into all of the craziness that happened in week 10 of the NFL. Anthony, my bucks are now 500. They're 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 going into the bye week. They come they're coming off of two really good wins against. Well, I don't know if the Rams are a good team anymore, but. The Seahawks are definitely a good team, and uh, you know, there for a little bit, man. I thought that the Seahawks might might come back. I thought that we were gonna blow it there, especially after Brady threw that interception. Um, I want to say it was like late in the third quarter, um, where the Seahawks were starting to kind of you know gain a little bit of momentum. Um, so but hey, th- they ended up getting the win in Germany. We saw Julio Jones score his uh, score the first touchdown of the NFL in Germany. Um, so he he started off, you know, that uh, that run there in the first half that the Bucks really just kind of, you know, they, they, they were looking good. I mean, they didn't allow any points. Their def- the defense was running around. Devin White had a huge game, um, you know, caused a lot. of He caused a fumble there um, on a late drive uh, for the Seahawks that really kind of stopped them from getting into the end zone. And um, yeah, and uh, Rashad White took the lead back, and he had himself a game for sure. And yeah, and Brady tried to have his moment on the field, but uh, he slips. Lenny threw an interception to Tariq Woolen, and I don't know if you heard it after the game, but he said, "You know, if I kept my footing, I would have mossed him." Dude, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, Tom Brady. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not too sure if he can get up there like that. Um, I don't know what that play call was. I really don't. But having, having to try and do a little bit of, you know, and what's funny is that we actually saw it. We we saw a very similar play in the Super Bowl when uh, Brady was with the Patriots when they were playing the Eagles, um, where Brady just kind of was lined up on the outside, and. He he went out for a route. He went out for a fly route of all the routes that he could have that you put on Tom Brady because you know that man has you know the speed to do that. But I mm-hmm. I don't know, man. So, but I mean Leonard Fournette. I mean I don't know. What, I don't know what to say about Leonard Fournette, man. No completions off of one attempt and interception. Not a great <laughs> game for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> but on the flip side, Tom Brady did have himself a pretty decent game, a pretty average game. Twenty-two completions of twenty-nine attempts, two hundred and fifty-eight yards, one, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, that interception coming again. I want to say it was late in the third quarter. Um, so, but 
they they established a running game with Rashad White. He had 22 carries for 105 yards, and even Leonard Fournette didn't do too bad with 14 carries and 57 yards. So they both averaged right around the four and five yard um mark on you know yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. So that's and that's what we needed. We needed to stop the run, and we definitely did. Uh, Kenneth Walker 10 attempts, 10 carries for only 17 yards. That defense was flying in Germany. Oh, definitely. And honestly, I, I really thought the the Seahawks really might come back towards the end. But again, Tom Brady and the Bucks, they do their thing. They're on a nice streak here. They led that into into their bye week, and now they're hoping they can keep that run going. Yeah, but that defense was flying. Kenneth Walker could not do a, a single thing against that Tampa Bay defense. No, he really couldn't. And it's the first time we've really seen him get shut down in, um, in the starting running back role over there in Seattle. So the defense stepped up. The offense came through. It's a recipe for success for you guys, and hopefully it, it does continue into the coming weeks. Yeah, hopefully it does. I mean, they, they, they got a bye week. Um, you know, this week, you know, coming off of the German trip um, the or the Germany trip. And, um, you know, and then the next week we have the, the, the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. So I'm not sure what the weather is going to be like there. Um, but, you know, hopefully uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, I want to say Deshaun Watson is going to be back. No, he, no he, he's back to practicing, but he comes back against the Texans. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. That's his first game back against his whole team. I mm. wonder who, who thought of that, huh? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe good, uh, good old Raj. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound like Raj. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the commissioner of the NFL. That's so weird. What a what a what a coincidence. What a that... what a what a genius marketing scheme. I wonder who thought of that one. <laughs> Man, you know what? They should get a raise. Whoever they are, you should get a raise. You are. Your marketing skills are next level, friend. You are definitely next level. So, but yeah, I mean, look, it wasn't, I, I don't know. I can't even say, I don't know if it was a complete game. I think it was, I think it was the closest complete game that they've played so far this year, though. I will say that. I mean, yeah, front to front to back, I would say it's probably the most complete game because you, you guys do have a tendency to, kind of shut down in the second half, especially. Yeah. And then you pair that with your running game hasn't been all that great, and Rashad White steps in and really revitalizes your entire running game just in general. Yeah, he had, I mean, he had a Derrick Henry run there for one of those plays. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, he he threw that guy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was was awesome to see. Because you you don't picture Rashad being – this big burly back he's you, you picture him being more one one of those more elusive receiving backs but no he's a big he's a big boy <laughs> he's a yeah man he is a big guy and he runs big too so i don't know what it's going to look like with leonard fournette i want to say that he'll probably I, I don't know it just rashad white his number was called and he definitely stepped up to the plate and i think that because of that it allowed I mean, Brady had the as Brady had so much time there in the in in the in the in the pocket. 
he had as more time than I've seen him have all year. So the offensive line played really well, but I also want to say that I think it has to do with because Rashad was doing his thing and, and even Leonard Fournette didn't have too bad of a game, you know? So I feel like, um, you know, because of that, I feel like Brady was able to sit back there, read the defenses and just wait for his guys to get open. And when you have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Kate Otten even, I mean, that, that guy is starting to really, you know, put, put some stuff together, but it was nice to see Julio Jones out there. You know, it was nice to see him catch that, catch that first touchdown over the middle and just really turn on the, the speed that we know that Julio Jones can have. And, um, you know, it was just, it was just a good overall team win. And as a Tampa fan, I I loved every single minute of it, you know. So I'm I'm happy that they're now five and five, um, you know. And hopefully, looking at the upcoming schedule, we might be able to go on a little bit of a run. We we really could because when you look at the upcoming schedule, like I said, we have the the, the Cleveland Browns here after um, here after next week. Um, so that's going to be a one o'clock game in Cleveland. And then after that, we have the the Saints on Monday night. Um, so it's in Tampa. I mean, we – well, the Saints aren't the Saints anymore. So I feel pretty confident that we should be able to beat them um, because we were able to beat them early in the year too. And then, I mean, we do have the 49ers, which that's going to be a test because that's out there in San Francisco. Um but then, and then we have the Bengals, which again, that that could be you know another thing. But then we have the Cardinals on Christmas Day. We have the Panthers, which I know the Panthers you know spanked us last time, but I don't see that happening now. And then we we finish the year off with the Falcons. So I mean, even if we just lose two more games uh, with the 49ers and the Bengals, I mean we can still be sitting at a 12 and or no, I'm sorry, a 10 and seven record, which I think that that's that's going to be enough to win the division. Yeah, and the way the rest of your division is playing, a ten and seven record would definitely, uh, probably should do it, unless Atlanta decides to turn it back on again. That that's the only real threat you guys have because now, when you look at New Orleans, they're having issues with, okay, who's our quarterback going forward? And for whatever reason, Dennis Allen still wants to run with Andy Dalton. Yeah, which, he's a veteran. I get it. He's probably going to throw less interceptions than than Jameis. And depending where the Saints fall, they they might try to get themselves a quarterback in the draft. I don't I don't know. They could, and I mean, this is a this is definitely a draft class to maybe pick up a couple of people. So I I think they might they they might start doing that. But yeah, I mean, who who knows what's going to happen there? But I feel pretty confident that ten and seven, even if we fall, like even if we like you know mess up one one of those games that we should win, and we maybe go and drop down to nine and eight, I I would even say that we might make the the we we still might win the division with that kind of record. Yeah, I mean, you, you could because just because you are in a weaker division, but then. But now, when it comes to my Packers, a nine and eight record won't cut it just because of the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Dude, the Minnesota Vikings are crazy, and what a game between Minnesota and Buffalo Bills! And we will definitely get into all of that here and just uh, really, really soon because that was that was the best game of football I've ever seen. P- 
period. Oh, that yeah, was that, the, that. That was the craziest. I I don't even want to get too too far into it, but that was the craziest football game I've ever seen. It's up there. It's definitely up there. Yeah. So, but let's go ahead and let's talk about those Packers. Hey, I am. I, I just want to let you know I am currently undefeated in my bold predictions as far as losing. If 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 undefeated could be a losing thing, then I am undefeated in my bold predictions because. The Dallas Cowboys, I don't know what happened, dude. Like, what happened? The 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 way they were explaining it is it it sounded a lot like mental errors on Dak's part, but also mental errors on the receiver's part where they're not running the routes as deep as they should be to to open up the defense a little bit more. So they and, and it resulted in two interceptions by Dak Prescott. Yeah, but you can't turn the ball over. You can't give, at the end of the day, you can't give Aaron Rodgers that amount, you know, more and more opportunity, and that's kind of what Dak did with there. But Christian Watson, man, yeah, Christian uh, Watson did his thing. <laughs> he's And he continues to do his thing. Now he's, he's got, the man's got five touchdowns in, in four days. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy because they did play so so because we missed Wednesday's episode, you know, we we missed covering the Dallas and we had we we had to cover, you know, Mike McCarthy coming back into Green Bay. And obviously because I am a man who, you know, some hey, I'll let you know when I'm wrong and I was very wrong about that game. Although in the third quarter it looked like I wasn't going to be wrong because, you know, it, at the end of the third quarter the, the score was 28 to 14. And it was in Dallas's favor. And then, you know, I guess, and then, you know, Green Bay came back, tied it up, and then they went into overtime and won it with the, with the field goal. So, but yeah, I mean, it was, it looked like a good game. Like you guys beat a, you guys beat a solid team, the Dallas Cowboys. They're, they're, they're a solid team overall. They have a good offense. They have a very strong defense. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he does what Aaron Rodgers did. No mental mistakes. He didn't throw an interception. 14 of 20 for 224, three touchdowns. Obviously, those three touchdowns. Well, two of those touchdowns. No, three of those touchdowns going to yeah. Christian Watson. So, and, uh, you know, Christian Watson had four receptions, 107 yards, three touchdowns. And then Aaron Jones, that was, I think that was the big difference in that game. I mean, Aaron Jones ran for 138 yards and he got a touchdown. So I think that because, I mean, we, we saw it kind of in the Bucks game. When when you establish a running game, you're you're not you're not able to um, you, you know, you, you're you're not able to just kind of pin your ears back and go after. Um, what is that? What is that? Is that a bird in the background? What the heck? I don't know. Oh geez. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> so but um but Anthony is out here recording this podcast on the beach. What the heck are you doing, man? You're living life, aren't you? <laughs> uh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Living life and kicking back sand, sand sand feet in the sand, you know, got got a, maybe a little cold beverage by your side. I feel you, man. I feel you. <laughs> Do your thing, bro. <laughs> but um, but I mean you see it when you establish a running game, the defense can't pin their ears back and get after the quarterback as much as they want. And Dallas gets after the quarterback 
quarterback. They have they have, you know, Micah Parsons. And then on the other side, they have a uh, Demarcus Lawrence. And so it's one of those things where you're just kind of like, OK, we need to establish a running game. And Aaron Jones was able to establish that for you guys. And so I think that that's where you guys found success on, um you know, Sunday afternoon against the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, against big bag Mike, Mike McCarthy, you know, so Mike McCarthy continues to find ways, you know, just to help Green Bay. So you should really think that, man. Yeah, that man, that man hasn't helped us get a get a win in so long, and he does it on the opposite team. So I'll I'll take it. Exactly. <laughs> but so it was, it thank was crazy. You, Mike. <laughs> it was crazy seeing him like the pictures of him coming to Lambeau. He's he's dressed like Vince Lombardi and everything. Like he's coming back to his old stomping grounds, and he's talking to Aaron Rodgers during pregame uh, hours before the game, and all this stuff, and then the icing on the cake of that game was when when he knew he wasn't going to win the game, he takes his headset off and just slams it on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely a meme right there. Like, he created a meme for himself, and we have seen it all over the internet now. So, um, yeah, I mean, he... He wanted that win. I mean, it was obvious. Aaron Rodgers wanted the win. Mike McCarthy wanted to win. I think that, you know, regardless of if they are, you know, cordial now or whatever you want to say, you know, to each other, there's still a little bit of bad blood between them, I think, because it didn't end well with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And so, I mean, I get it. They won a Super Bowl together, but really after that Super Bowl, there was really no you know, the, the honeymoon was over, you know, and they, and they, they just kind of grew apart, you know? And so they both obviously definitely wanted to win that game. So then that way, you know, they could just kind of have maybe a little bit of pride walking away from that game. And Aaron Rodgers ended up winning, um, in overtime and Mike McCarthy definitely had a lot of emotion afterwards. Um, you know, by throwing that headset on the ground, which I don't blame him, you know? So, well, hey, look, man, Tom Brady destroys, you know, tablets and Mike McCarthy destroys headsets. That's just the way the NFL goes. So, yeah. um, but then now let's go ahead and let's fast forward to a few days later and your Green Bay Packers play the Tennessee Titans in Lambeau. And um, uh, it wasn't as good of an out outing. <laughs> so you guys, I, I don't know what Was happened, it? man. Pa- dude, okay, let me just say this. Aaron Rodgers statistically yes he had a good game he threw for 227 yards and threw two touchdowns and no interceptions so statistically he had a good game but there was a lot of bad balls thrown yeah. in that game yeah he missed one uh over the middle to sammy and then he missed one uh crossing over to the left side of the uh, on a crosser to alan lazard who skipped over his hands and everything and Above all else, Tennessee just shut down our run, our running game, and we yeah we kind of did the same to them. We we allowed only three yards a carry to Derrick Henry, which is not an easy feat to do. No, it's not. But they shut down what we've been relying on all year, essentially. Yeah. Well, but for, now that now that Chris, so is Christian Watson just a, a a red zone target for you guys at this point? Because we're not seeing him get a lot of throws and looks when they're moving down the field. But once they get into the red zone, that seems to be where he starts to get looked at. I mean, it seems it definitely seems that way because he had the one, the one touchdown he had it was off of a free play, 
because you know Rodgers is really good about getting everybody to the line when he sees um, somebody coming off the field and trying to make substitutions and all that good stuff. So yeah, he threw him a a trust ball essentially, and it was and he came down with it. And it was a really good catch, but then a- after that, he didn't really get the ball until later in the game. He caught another touchdown. And then everybody else did, they did their part. Randall Cobb came back and did his thing, six catches for 73 yards. But the real story of the game is that Tennessee defensive front and Aaron Jones only getting 40 yards of uh, 40 rushing yards. (laughs) Yeah. And I I mean, like, they even shut down AJ Dillon, which is more of like a bigger back. You know, I mean, they, they, they went to Dillon a few times there on short yardage plays to try and get it. And Dillon usually comes through in that. You know, mm-hmm. Dylan can just kind of use his big body and just, you know, kind of get through the line. But shout, I, I didn't realize how good the run defense on Tennessee was until I watched that game on Thursday night. And so it it's really, should we be worried? I mean, we, we look at all of the other teams out there in the NFL, especially in the AFC. We look at, you know, obviously the Bills, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs, but then there's the, the, the Bengals. You know, you can't necessarily sleep on the Ravens. You know, now we're looking at the Jets. They've won. They're second in the freaking AFC East right now. The Jets are, which that's crazy. You know, then to to stick with the AFC East, Miami, who is number one in the AFC East, they're looking really good, and they're only getting healthier as the season is going on. And so, you know, we look at all of these teams, and I feel like because the Tennessee Titans are in the AFC South, which is just the laughing stock of the NFL right now, I feel like that they are overlooked. But, dude, Tennessee is 7-3, and three, and that run defense was freaking next level, dude. Like... I that that looked like Tampa's run defense the last two years, maybe even better. Yeah, it was it was up there. And then with our defense being so focused on Derrick Henry, and we did a good job on him, it'll it opened up their passing game with Ryan Tannehill. Now, when when Tannehill's actually on his P's and Q's and he's playing good football, he can be a winning quarterback, good enough to win you some games, and it opened up him having 333 passing yards and two touchdowns. So I'd, I'd argue, yeah. I'd argue Tannehill had a better game than, than Rogers even. So, and let's not forget. Okay. Leonard Fournette again, man, we're worried about him. Oh, for one, one interception, not a good game in Germany. Derek Henry on the other end, two for two, four yards and a touchdown. The guy is on fire right now. I mean, so like we can't overlook that. Like Derrick Henry might be QB one come next year. If they don't, if Tannehill doesn't pan out. So watch out everyone. Um, (laughs) Dude, could you imagine trying to gosh, dude, could you imagine a quarterback built like Derrick Henry? I mean, that had like the, or is that Josh Allen? Is Josh Allen the Derrick Henry? Of- I mean, uh, I mean, if if Josh Allen was only known for his running ability and just got direct snaps from the ball and just put on another twenty pounds of muscle, yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no. Well, okay, he's not as big. I guess no, he's so. not as big. But if he if he had a little bit more muscle, yeah, that, that I mean, Josh Allen's already a freight train coming down the field. So yeah. He's definitely the closest comparison to Derrick Henry. 
Yeah, for sure. So let's let's actually move on to that game. The game of the century, definitely the game. There it was the game of the year with the catch of the year in it. With Justin Jefferson doing that one-handed catch on fourth and 18 to keep to keep the Vikings alive in that game and to keep them moving down the field. That was does that top Odell Beckham? It's close. I mean, it's close. It's probably re- it's right there with them. Yeah, it's got to be, man. It's like, right. It's right there. It's it's, it's right. right there. Does that top the helmet catch? Mm, I wouldn't say tops the helmet catch just because of just because of the game they were playing and it was it was the Super Bowl. They needed to go down the, the helmet field catch and- was to 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 help the Giants win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah, but. I think I think Justin Jefferson moves into I think maybe second place there. I think Odell Beckham, you know, has to. He might have to reconsider it. I don't yeah, know. be be <laughs> humble and sit down for just a minute, you know. So, but I mean, now granted, that was an amazing catch by Odell Beckham. But I mean, this that that catch by Jefferson with the defender all over him. I don't even know how he didn't allow it to touch the ground. Yeah, like he I, I don't know. All physics with that. <laughs> I, I don't know. He just he proves weekend and week out. And I, again, I hate to say this because you know Minnesota Vikings, but he proves weekend and week out that this man is one of, if not the best receiver in the NFL right now. He's got to be the best. He's he's the best, in my opinion. Now, I get it. Cooper Cup, he was the Triple Crown champ last year, which that's no feat to to think about. But if you look at Justin Jefferson through his first three seasons, and he's in his third season right now, it's, I mean, oh, gosh, man. The the guy is just ridiculous, man. He had 10 catches for 193 yards and one touchdown with Anthony that brings – me to my next point you know what time it is anthony it is the pop off player of the week yes that is right the pop off player of the week goes to justin jefferson the man who defined physics with the one-handed catch to keep the vikings alive in the craziest game that we have seen and that we are going to see all season 10 catches 193 yards plus a touchdown keeping his team in the game all the way up until the final final literally the final seconds of the game with that game and he is the champion of this week's pop-off player of the week so have yourself a round of applause justin jefferson because that man I mean the the fourth and eighteen play alone wins him this award. Yeah, <laughs> but to 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 have that catch and the moment that it was, and then to have the stats that he did. I mean, he was putting up almost twenty yards a catch. He had almost two hundred yards receiving, and it was against the Buffalo Bills. It was against one of the top defenses in the league. It was in Buffalo. It was in one of the most difficult venues to play. And he kept his composure. He kept his cool. And Kirk Swag Cousins found him, trusted him, and he delivered. And that is why he is the winner of the Pop-Off Player of the Week this week for Justin Jefferson, NFL Week 10. So now let's move on. 
Again, round of applause for Justin Jefferson. You definitely deserve that. But Kirk Cousins actually was only – he threw for a touchdown and then he threw for two interceptions. But he threw for 357 yards. This game, man, just made no logical sense to me, honestly. It really just didn't. Because you had – we thought Justin Jefferson had a second touchdown there with, like, what, like 20 seconds to go or 40 seconds to go in the game? <laughs> Yeah, so it was something like that. It got them down to the goal line. Kirk Cousins does a QB sneak. They don't get it. They, uh, the Bills think they've won it, but they had to get it out of the end zone, first of all, and then they could kneel it. Josh Allen fumbles the snap. <laughs> Eric Kendricks comes in, scoops it, and scores. He takes it to overtime, and now you're looking at hmm, – who gets now? Now you're looking at Josh Allen in another coin toss situation. <laughs> yeah, and well, and the the thing is, is that you know, um, but Josh Allen had an opportunity to go down there and win the game, and he ended up throwing the interception to Patrick Peterson there, and in, in, in the end zone. Yeah, in the end zone, he threw it. He threw it to Patrick. He he literally threw it to Patrick Peterson. I think he was looking for Gabe Davis. Is am, am I correct with that? I, I, I believe so. And he, and Pat P came over the middle. Got the interception, slid down, and that was the game. That was the game, man. That was it. That was all she wrote. So, I mean, but that game, I mean, that that could have been a – you know how when the – a few years ago when the Chiefs and the Rams played on that Monday night game and it was like 100 to 101 or something crazy like that? I mean, I'm exaggerating. But, you know, it was just, a, it was just an absolute shootout. And yeah. everyone was just like, this might be the Super Bowl preview. And it was almost right. Because the Rams did go to the Super Bowl, but then the Patriots, which led by Tom Brady, ended up going. And then we had the probably the dullest Super Bowl that we've ever had in a Super Bowl history. That was just a horrible Super Bowl. Yeah. But um, this might be a Super Bowl preview. The Vikings are now proving that they can run with the big guys, especially going into Buffalo and beating Buffalo in, in, in such a close game. In such a game that, like, there were so many emotions. And I can only imagine, like, there was probably three to four times that each sideline thought that for, they for sure won. And then it didn't happen. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And even pair that with Dalvin Cook. He had a he had a really, a really nice uh, run for a, a stone. And then you got TJ Hawkinson doing his thing which he's proving to be a very reliable uh, pickup for them from the trade deadline. So it, it, the Vikings are rolling. Josh Allen is looking like is like he look, he's honestly looking like Brett Favre reincarnated right now. Like he's got the, all the talent, but he's also throwing all the interceptions. Yeah, that game, both quarterbacks didn't have statistically the greatest game Viking or the, Kirk Cousins threw for 357. Josh Allen threw for 330. Both of them threw for a touchdown. Both of them threw for two interceptions. Obviously, the second interception by Josh Allen coming there at the end of the game with Patrick Peterson sealing the deal and allowing the Minnesota Vikings to advance to 8-1. and one. Are they the best team in the NFL right now? Mm. No, because I'd still... Even even though they lost, I'd still want to say the 
just for a complete football team, I'd say uh, give me Buffalo or even um, Buffalo is third in the division right now, though. Yeah. And their downfall is. And they've lost to the Jets now. They've lost to the Jets and they've lost to the the Dolphins. So I don't know if they've won a divisional game. Have they played Patriots yet? I don't I don't think they have. I don't think they have, no. And their greatest strength is is probably also their greatest weakness with the Buffalo Bills. Because you have Josh Allen, you have all this talent. He can make any throw, but he's also almost your entire running game. So having your quarterback be your almost your entire running game, that might not be the best thing. So I, I mean, yes and no though. I mean, let's let's think about it. I mean, Singletary take, had 13 carries for 47 yards, so he averages almost four yards a carry, and he ended up getting two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Singletary he he didn't have a bad game. He also didn't have a very great game. He. he Yes, he did get two touchdowns, but he was held to three and a half yards of carry. So when, but when, so when you get down to November, December, January football, you need that that stout running game in order to to be in games, just because of the weather and everything. So, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. We'll have to see how they how they bounce back in the second half of the year. But right now, I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm looking at the Minnesota Vikings. Those are my top two. Okay, so the so okay, so then let's go ahead and let's get into it. The 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 Vikings or geez, the Vikings, um, the Eagles and the Commanders. They played on Sunday night. No, I'm sorry, they played on Monday night, and the Commanders actually ended up pretty pretty handily beating the Eagles. I mean, thirty two to twenty one. Um, uh, it was more like. 26 21 because that last play of the game was like it was just a bunch of laterals and it wound up in one of the commander's players hands and he just took it in for a touchdown like in reality it was only like a five-point game by the end of it so well okay so here's my question to you was that a roughing the passer was that a late hit by by the by the law of the land, like if you if you read it and you and everything te- by the absolute technicality of it, yes. Sh- should it have been called in that situation? I mean, he when you look at the when you go back and look at the play, um, Brennan Graham was coming in and he was he was about six yards away from Taylor Heineke, and. I don't know what he was, what he was thinking. I'm sure it was a very much a bang bang kind of play. Yeah. And Taylor Heineke took the knee kind of weird because he winds up rolling out and just giving himself up and taking an awkward knee there. So, I I don't, I don't know. It was it was iffy on both on both sides, honestly, because it's because I believe Taylor even came out and said like he was looking for scary Terry. If it wasn't there, he was going to run around and just try to try to kill some clock and just give himself up at that point if nothing was there. Right. And when you look at how the commanders just played the whole game, they had to run the ball almost 50 times just to 
just to even stay in the game. <laughs> so they, they did a good job of just not letting Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense even have possession of the football. Right. And then their defense, they came up with, a I believe, a couple turnovers, one or, one or two turnovers, one interception. And then they had oh, four turnovers because they the Eagles had uh, three fumbles lost and, uh, and an interception they threw. So it wasn't the same on both sides, but it was one of it felt like one of those games where you you win no matter how you do it. So hats off to the commanders for that. Yeah, I mean, and every seventy-two Miami Dolphin, you know, celebrated that night. So um, the Eagles are now not the no longer undefeated. So we will not see a perfect season. The Eagles are sitting at eight and one, so they're tied in the NFC. Um, with the Minnesota Vikings, but I still think that Minnesota is the better team of the two. Um, but I don't know, man. It just it, it it just wasn't a pretty game for either either side. Um, I mean, I, again, hats off to the Commanders. They won. They're now sitting at five and five. I want to say that puts them what and yeah that no that still puts them in last place in the East. It's last place in the East, but it also is enough to get them. They're still in the hunt for a playoff spot. They are still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Yeah, because they could move up to third place. Yeah. So um, they are still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Um, you know, but it, it really wasn't the, the, the prettiest of games, you know, just on both sides. And you, like you said, there was some, there was a lot of turnovers. There was some questionable, you know, um, you know, penalties, especially with the last one there, the late hit on, t- you know, Heineke, um, which I don't know, man. I don't think it was a late hit. I get by, like what you said, by the law, by the rule book and everything. Yes, technically it was. But, I mean, even Brandon Graham, like, tried to, like, pull himself up. Like, he kind of, like, slid on his knees into Taylor Heineke. And, like, he like he didn't, like, plow him over, which he could have, but he didn't just completely destroy him. You know, and so, and of course, you know, it, it helped that, you know, Heineke play, you know, um, obviously studied the LeBron James flopping book and, you know, had, he, oh, yeah. he sold it. He sold it he, pretty well. Oh, yeah. He got an Oscar worthy performance right there. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, no, he sold it pretty well there. So, but eh, I want to be, I mean, it's, it's a tough loss for the Eagles because, Really, when you look at it, when you look at, you know, the the paper, you know, and you, you put the two teams side by side, the, and especially with the Eagles, um, you know, being in Philadelphia, you know, they should have advanced to 9-0, and you know, and um, so they had all the confidence in the world and they just kind of put it together a game. You know, they they didn't score for two straight quarters, you know, between the second and the third quarter. Um and I mean, at the end of the day, that's just that's going to lose you games. That's just going to lose you games, and it kind of, you know, f- fell into the favor of the Commanders that night. But that kind of brings me to my next my next point, Anthony. And you know, it is that time of week again where, um, you know, we have a lot of hopes. We have a lot of you know, especially in fantasy, we have a lot of um you know predictions and we have a lot of players that we look at that are just like you know what this is going to be a good game from them and on paper it should be but sometimes it just doesn't fall your way anthony and so yes yes everyone ladies and gentlemen it is that time of week again it is the golden brick award winner Uh. 
Yes, the Golden Brick Award winner. And we've we searched all of the we searched all of the stats. We looked at all of the matchups and all of the teams, and we came down to one player. And now that one player, this one player had one catch for seven yards. So he didn't even get his team a first down this game. And that player is A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, you are the Golden Brick Award winner this week because you let down so many fantasy owners. And you know what? Why? What happened? How could, why did he? Why was he not able to get open? Why did what? what happened <laughs> like i just i don't understand why he didn't get first of all he because he usually does get a decent amount of looks mm -hmm. um so but when you look jeez, oh, man like what just happened uh, against the against the washington commanders he should have played well he, he should have yeah but the one thing the commanders had on uh, on defense is those two guys in the middle that that cause a lot of problems for any offensive line, and that's uh, uh, Deron Payne and uh, who's the other uh, the other defensive side? Jonathan Allen. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. You got those two guys in the middle, and they didn't even have Chase Young on the outside, and it seemed to have caused a lot of issues for Jalen Hurts because he every time he would try to step up. He couldn't find anybody. Uh, AJ Brown was not getting open from what I saw. He just like they just had him had his number, his zip code the whole game. Like he he wasn't getting anything. They, so they let let Devonte Smith get all the looks, and Dallas Goddard had a few catches. But AJ Brown hasn't had this bad of a game all year for the Eagles, and I, I don't know what what was going on with that, but. No, I don't know if AJ Brown has ever had this bad of a game his entire NFL career. Not that I can think of. Not, not four four looks, four targets. So Jalen Hurts tried to target him four times. He only got the ball once. And again, that was only for seven yards. So he didn't even get a first down. Um, so it's just like, man. So um, so can we give the assist then to Jalen Hurts? <laughs> or or do we give the assist to the Washington front line? <laughs> so I, I don't know. Who's really. the assist here? <laughs> uh the, that Washington front line, they know what they're, they know what they're doing, man. Because the other guy I forgot about was Montez Sweat too. So they they have a pretty complete me, defensive front when they're all playing. It's just that secondary isn't isn't the greatest. Yeah, I mean, Quez Watkins was the and was the Eagles' lead receiver with four catches and eighty yards. I haven't heard Quez Watkins in two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, I haven't. I forgot that that man was even on the Eagles. You know, and so it's like, what is what is going on right now? You know, I mean, it's always been kind of Devontae Smith, you know, um, Dallas Goddard and AJ Brown. Um, so, but I mean, my goodness, man, I just that that was a that was a it's it's a rough day for Philadelphia. But you know what? As as a non Philadelphia fan, I am happy that they lost. So that, that way we. We didn't have to hear all of the craziness that would be coming from the Philadelphia fans that we've been hearing all year because they are the apparently the best team. And if I hear Fly Eagles Fly song one more time, I think I might just have a stroke. So um, 
I'm happy that the that the Washington Commanders put them in their place. I'm happy to say to see that the Philadelphia Eagles are no longer undefeated. Um, congratulations to the 72 Dolphins. Your legacy is still um, standing. So let's move on to a couple other games, though. Anthony, there is a few other games that we definitely wanted to talk about. Obviously, those two games kind of were being the biggest one. But we also had another nail-biter there in Chicago against the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. And the Detroit Lions have now won two in a row. So watch out, Green Bay, because... <laughs> The Detroit Lions are about to have a better record than you guys. I wouldn't go that. I I, I wouldn't go that far. They're only one game behind you, just to let you know. No, yeah, I know, I know. We play the Eagles <laughs> next week. I know. Uh, I, I oh, get it. and and you guys are getting the Eagles off of a loss too. Yeah, so. we're getting the Eagles off of a loss in in Philly. So <sighs> I'm not going to say anything though. I'm no more bold on, predictions from this on. guy. No man, come I'm on, retiring. I am say officially. It. I need a win this week. Say it. I'm not going to say it. You know what? I I feel confident. I think the Packers are going to go in there and they're going to put the Eagles in their place again. There, I said. Oh, we're gonna lose. Oh. <laughs> Oh no, it's a loss now. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we're gonna lose. All right. But this uh this Lions Bears game, it was it was crazy. Justin Fields had himself a day. 13 carries, almost 150 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Justin Fields, 12 yes. of, uh, uh, he had 12 of he 20 for 167. Yeah, he was an honorable mention for the pop-off player of the week. The only reason why he didn't win is because the Bears ultimately lost. So we wanted to give the the pop-off player of the week to a team that won, and so that is why Justin Jefferson won, won the award this week. But Justin Fields has been the number one fantasy quarterback the last, I want to say, three or four weeks now. Yeah, he's been, he's been doing his thing ever since they uh... – Changed up the offensive scheme over there in Chicago, and really, they probably they probably looked at what that what they should have done earlier is look at what John Harbaugh and the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson and try to implement some of that with Justin Fields, just because they have that type of quarterback. Yeah. So them just implementing more design run plays, allowing Justin Fields to be more comfortable in the offense. They did get him Chase Claypool, who. He hasn't been doing too much for them, you know. Uh, so they're no. they're really still surprise, relying on surprise. Yeah, they're still relying on Darnell Mooney. But Justin Fields has been really uh, about seventy five percent of the offense. It looks like, and they've been putting up more some more points. And they, I'm sure they're they've got to be excited about the future in Chicago, which. Sucks they got to be, but... yeah. They have got to be excited for the future in Chicago. And um, you know what, man? Your offseason prediction for Justin Fields, man, is starting to pan out a little bit. So, um, congratulations <laughs> to you. But let me just let let me just note something here. We want to talk about AJ Brown. You know, having a really bad game. Chase Claypool statistically had a better game than AJ Brown by one yard. I mean, if you want to be. Uh, be a, a total technicality like that yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> so so and that is why he won the golden brick award this week because chase claypool sir put up more numbers than you <laughs> now <laughs> you granted know. it was just by one yard but a yard is a yard so and um ask any tennessee titans fan man a yard does matter so um sorry tennessee titans fans to bring up that that mm. 
you're, so, you're, you're, you're digging up old things now, aren't you? Like, I know, <laughs> man. I'm digging up the. I'm digging up. I think it was the Super Bowl uh, in 2000. Yeah, against the Rams. Against the Rams, Kurt Warner and the Greatest Show on Turf. Yeah, man, <laughs> one yard away. <laughs> oh, so close, Tennessee. So close. <laughs> Jeez, you are ruthless, man. You got <laughs> so. Well, you got to be a menace um, like that. <laughs> hey, man, it's the truth, you know. You know, hey, we we gave them praise. They went into Lambo and they beat you guys. You know, so let's let's just you know. But you know, you gotta you gotta keep people humble, okay? And our listeners keeps me humble every single week because I get messages all the time saying, "Well, man, you are absolutely garbage on your picks right now." So, so. I mean, they ain't wrong. I mean, they're not. So, but watch out, <laughs> watch out, Packers fans. Comeback story here against the Eagles. I can feel it. So, just keep mark your calendars. This is the week that the that the season turns around for you guys. Um, so, you're welcome, Anthony. Um, so, but so, so, Jared Goff. I mean, he had an, himself an average day. Do you think that the Lions are going to move forward with Jared Goff after this year, or do you think that they're going to try and maybe get someone else? Hmm. They, they, I mean, depending where they finish and where where their draft picks are, if they have a top five draft pick or even a top three draft pick, I'd say, yeah, go get one of those one of those guys. And then maybe, I mean, it may, but but also maybe they like what Jared Goff does. He gets the job done, and maybe they focus a little bit more on their defense because I, I mean that's personally what I would do because their their defense seems seems like it could use some work especially in that that secondary yeah but yeah i mean if you're if you're a top three pick i i think you got to look at look at any any one of those top quarterbacks coming out of the draft whether it's cj stroud bryce young will levis uh, uh, any of those guys yeah yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, at the end of the day, the Detroit Lions offense has actually been really good. You know, I mean, like they've they've produced a lot of numbers. Um, it's just that defense is just, I mean, God awful, except that they're going against the Packers and they don't, you know, they don't even allow 10 points against the Packers. So, but um, I don't know, man, I think. Is is he on his contract? Like, how much would they? How much do you know if? Because they're paying Jared Goff. I know that they're paying Jared Goff. They took on his salary cap. I know that. Let me yeah, let me let me actually see really quick because I'm I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, because I'm, because I'm just trying to think because like the offense has been pretty good. You know, I mean Jamal Williams has been surprisingly you know really kind of stepping up to the plate, which I didn't really see that happening necessarily, but. I mean, you know, you got a Monron St. Brown, um, you know, so, and then what we still haven't seen, who is the rookie that they drafted? Um, Jameson Williams. We haven't seen him yeah. this, this year. So, I mean, he's been hurt. So, but hopefully, you know, we, we see something out of him next, next year. So now it's just kind of they Aiden Hutchinson is definitely worth the, the, you know, the, you know, the, the draft capital that they gave, you know that they they picked him at so i th feel like that they have key pieces there i'm just really curious to know if they if they move forward with jared goff so have contract through 2024 until he's the age of 30 so and then by and then in 2025 he's an unrestricted free agent 
Okay, so they still got two more years. Yeah, they still got years, and his his cap hit is relatively the same uh, throughout the the next few years because he's going to be a, a thirty one million dollar cap hit for the next three years. So, including this year, so he's going to be fairly consistent. There's not going to be no massive spike because because the Rams wound up giving him like a four year. $134 million contract or something like that. So, yeah, which I know that I, I knew that they paid him. So it's just, I don't know, man. I feel like, yeah, he's now like kind of like a, a Matt Ryan, you know, like yeah. he'll, he'll win you a game. He's gone to a Super Bowl. He's lost the Super Bowl. Um, he's not a horrible quarterback. He's definitely a starting caliber, you know, quarterback in the NFL, but he, I, is he the guy to, to really kind of take you over the top, but he still got paid. So it's kind of like, what, what do you do? You know, and is Detroit going to be patient with, um, with, uh, Dan Campbell? That's the other thing. I feel like they really should honestly, because they should too, because with what they're working with right now, especially with their offense, they they're put they were putting up thirty points a game. Like, that's that's nothing to snuff at. And they, no, you bring in some more pieces on defense, and I feel like you have a pretty solid roster. Yeah, again, I think that the Detroit Lions are maybe they're still a few years out from becoming maybe you know playoff relevant. But I think that if any coach can get them to, there, it's Dan Campbell. I think that the players love them. They are they're bought into the system, um, and so. As a Packers fan, is it kind of scary to see all of this young talent on the other teams? I mean, not necessarily because we have our own group of young talent, especially on on defense. And even on offense, I feel like we have some some budding young talent over there too. So it's for the Packers, it's going to what's our quarterback situation going forward? Is Rodgers coming back? not what's going on with uh, Aaron Jones in the future has he start is as the years going he's going to start he's going to start creeping up there in age especially for a running back and running backs just don't have that long of a shelf life so it, it's a it's a weird situation we're in in Green Bay because we don't seem to have a solid direction for the future because uh, I think I've said it before we can't decide do we want to win now or are we um, look towards the future? Because the, ever since they drafted Jordan Love, it's been kind of up in the air of like, okay, what, what do we want to do here? Yeah. Speaking of Jordan Love, what what's going to happen next year? Well, let's we'll, we'll dive into that another time. Yeah, we can dive into that. There, there's time. a couple of other games. Yeah, because there's a couple of other games. Maybe that's let, let's put, let's stick a pin in that because let's let's remember that one when we started this podcast. It was in the NFL offseason, and that was probably the toughest thing to do. <laughs> so yeah. trying to come yeah. up with different content and stuff like that, and just talking points. So we'll, we'll talk about Jordan Love in the offseason. Let's go ahead and let's just save that for then. Um, so uh, the, the another game that I wanted to talk about. 
was the Dolphins and the Browns. The Dolphins are 7-3, and three and they are now sitting atop the AFC East with the loss that the Buffalo Bills suffered to the uh, New York, or um, not the New York, but the Minnesota Vikings. And the offense for the Miami Dolphins is humming. Tua is really good, man. And who would have thought that we would have been saying this? But Tua is actually really good. And that McDaniels, his his IQ and the the way that he's been coaching this team and the way that they have been playing and they bought into the system and it's just been it's just been working. It has just been working. And now they have they get they easily have the fastest team in the NFL. And they are I mean, they're cruising. I mean, Miami Dolphins don't don't blink. Because Miami Dolphins might win this division. They've already beaten Buffalo once. Mm-hmm. So they they might win this division. And they could, if, if you have to play in Miami, it might be a little bit, it, it might be a hard, it, it's been a hard place all year to win. So they, they could, they could, they could see themselves sneaking into a divisional round or even Dare I say it, the conference championship. Dare I say the Super Bowl. Ooh. Are they your the, dark horse Super Bowl they, pick right now? They're my dark horse because they have there is not a team in the NFL that can keep up with their speed and their creativity and their offensive firepower that the Miami Dolphins have at their disposal. And now with the addition of Jeffrey Wilson, who he had a game, 17 carries, 119 yards, a touchdown. And I want to say, well, no, he, he he produced a little bit in the in the air game, but he didn't produce any touchdowns. But, I mean, he had himself a really good game, and it was his first game in the offense. Now they, I mean, now, granted, they did lose Ogba for the rest of the season, but they got Bradley Chubb in that trade. Yeah. So it's like, it, it, you know, you, you kind of lost one, but you, you gained another. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, this team is actually really good. Who would have thought? And Tua is a damn good quarterback. Yeah. Did you pair Jeff Wilson? They, they, they have a really nice compliment in the backfield with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. And then, like they've had all year, you got Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle on the outside, two of the fastest receivers in the NFL. You. They got a whole, they got a whole state championship track team over in Miami right now. <laughs> they really do. They they are an all American track team, and they, and that's the other scary thing, is that you can give it to any one of these players: Moser, Hill, Waddle, now even Jeffrey Wilson, and they can take it to the house if they get a good couple of blocks. They have the speed to just run away from anybody on that football field. And I think that's the most dangerous thing about them. And that's kind of the most scariest thing about them is that they have a complete team. Their defense has been playing well, and their defense isn't even fully healthy yet. No, they're they're missing, like you said, they're missing Agba now out for the year. They're still missing Byron Jones. So they've got a few key pieces out, and they're still – holding a lot of teams to under 20 points in a foot in a whole football game which is not yeah, hard to and do. if you and it's if you want to beat them you need to score i 
want to say high 20s, at least 28 points, you need to put up four touchdowns on them easily. You have to. Oh, def- de- definitely. Yeah, because it, it, like you said, any you give any of the, any one of these guys the football, whether it's 30 yards down the field or even two yards behind the line of scrimmage, they, they can find a way to find a few blocks and take that all the way to the house. And to be honest, uh, Mike McDaniel is probably my favorite just young head coach to watch right now because yeah. of the way he has this offense working and his no, creativity I, with everything. I agree with that. I, I love he's awesome in the press conferences. He's awesome. in the, the, the team obviously loves him, but he has, he fits perfectly into what a young head coach should be. He relates to the players. He can get along with the, these young players, kind of the new culture that is in the NFL, but he has the still that leadership and still has that the, the way that he's been dialing up plays and everything else like that. He still has that IQ and puts together a system. All it works for everyone on the team. And he they're they're very like I mean, dude, could the Miami Dolphins be undefeated if Tua didn't go down? They very well could have could be. Like I, I think uh, that I, they could. I think that they really could be. Because the, the the games that they lost, it was like still close games, and they didn't have Tua in there. And when Tua is in there, that that offense just looks totally different, you know. So I mean, maybe Tyreek Hill had, you know, he was saying something, and we just didn't want to listen to him. So I mean, which in hindsight, maybe we should have, because like he was coming from probably the best young quarterback in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, definitely. And he, so you, you would think he should know what he's talking about because at first it looked like, Oh yeah, he's just trying to, he's just trying to get some clicks for his own podcast. What it would yada, yada, yada. But then the season started and then we see Tua and people are starting to put him in that, upper third tier of quarterbacks where it's it's like yeah you're you're kind of I wouldn't I wouldn't call him quite an elite quarterback yet but he's he's right he's right there he like if he if he can finish out this year really strong get them even make a deep playoff run I'd put him up there I'd have to yeah I Man, they, I mean, they could really, could you, oh my gosh, dude, could you imagine an AFC championship game between the Chiefs and the Dolphins, Tyreek against his old team? Just a revenge, a revenge game against the Chiefs? Oh. oh my gosh, dude. Could we see, could we see a Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl? It's certainly a possibility the way they're playing right now. I mean, I don't, I don't or see what if, that. what if, what if to, to, to kind of throw my team in the ring. What if it's a Tampa versus Miami Super Bowl? The team that Tom Brady was supposed to go to. Oh my it, god! It'd be it, you'd you'd have the biggest you'd have the Battle of Florida in the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I don't know what's more scary, the Battle of Florida, or if it was going to be a Bills Philly Super Bowl. Holy oh, that, crap, man! So, you, so you'd have. The Philly and Buffalo, Philly versus Buffalo fans, or 
Florida man Florida against Florida, Florida man against Florida man. <laughs> Florida man against Florida man. South Florida versus Central Florida. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh my gosh, dude. It would be the drug lords versus the rednecks, man. Like, oh. <laughs> man. Gosh, man, that's crazy to think that we're sitting in week 11 now and we're thinking it could be Miami Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl. Now, granted, they, they, I mean, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough to beat the Chiefs. It's going to be tough to beat the Buffalo Bills, but they already have. Yeah, they've already done it. It wasn't pretty, but they did it. They, they did yeah. it. You know, they 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 already beat the Buffalo Bills. So they already beat one of the juggernauts. Kansas City has, you know, shown that they can lose games. Um, you know, so it's just like, man, dude, I can't believe how wide open the NFL is right now. Usually, by this time in in the in the season, you have probably your four teams. Your four teams that you're like, yeah, it's probably out of these four you know teams it's going to be a super bowl matchup between you know you kind of mix and match the, the the matchup between these four teams but afc we can't count out my, miami now we definitely can't count out can't count out the chiefs we can't count out the bills don't sleep on the Bengals because joe burrow only seems to be getting hotter um do we throw the ravens in there are they i mean they i mean i'm i'm sticking I'm sticking on what I started with in the preseason, and I'm sticking to the Ravens bandwagon for the AFC. So I still think they take the AFC North. Okay. So then, yeah, so then we have that. And then in the NFC, we have the Minnesota Vikings. We have, I mean, I guess you can still say the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas Man, Cowboys. They lose Do one we... game, and you're like, uh, "Gag, gag, gag." There's that is a very good football team. So don't don't sleep on them. Don't. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to ha- I'm trying to protect you from getting ripped a new one. So just you're welcome. Oh, uh, it's all right. I hate Philadelphia, dude. I'm a Bucks fan. We had our, that that rivalry goes back all the way to Warren Sapp days. Man, I cannot stand Philadelphia. I hope that they lose the rest of the year. Period. I'll stand by it. I hate Philadelphia. I, I I don't like I don't like any of the teams there, and to see them having success, it hurts me just as much as it hurts you to see. The only team that I would that I would hate more to see have success is the New Orleans Saints. Outside of that, Philadelphia, I don't want to see them win at all. Um, now I have a lot of respect for them. There's difference. You can have a lot of respect for a team, I, and and they are good. Jalen Hurts is is I'm 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 happy to see Jalen Hurts kind of turning the corner in his career. It just it sucks that he has to wear that that green uniform, you know. Um. So, but and man, I can't stand Philadelphia. So, you they they can send me as many emails and you know. Yeah, the whatever you want to do. So, but I don't like Philadelphia. So sorry. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, so okay. So you have the Eagles in the NFC. You have the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC. Can we really count out anyone in the NFC East outside um, of the Commanders? 
Man, if I see Daniel Jones in a Super Bowl, I'm not. I'm like, oh my I'm gosh, dude! Bullet. What if it's New York Giants versus like Miami Dolphins? Like, what is this? Yeah, that I'd be like, what? What is this? What? Well, what? What is going on? <laughs> okay, so let's let's think true Super Bowl contenders uh, okay. in the NFC. So, so I'm gonna say, if I if I had to if I had to take my top three, I'm taking the NFC. I'm taking. San Francisco, Philadelphia, and probably Minnesota. probably Minnesota, and then I'd probably throw Tampa Bay in the ring there too. So, do you throw Tampa in the ring just be simply because of Tom Brady? Yeah, because you you have Tom Brady as your starting quarterback, and you still have, for the most part, the same roster of talent that you had the last few years. Outside of maybe the offensive line is the one thing that's changed the most. Yeah, I, 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 it's Tom Brady. I give him a shot. Yeah, definitely don't count the Bucks out. So you don't even put your Packers in that conversation. No, I don't even think the Packers put the put the Packers in that conversation. <laughs> 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 like, 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 like they can sit there in front of the press and be like, "Yeah, I think." Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we we can we, we can we can do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I've always believed it because you know, Aaron Rodgers is the is the quarterback. He's pulled off these these miracle games before. We could, man, man. And I and I was on a high on hiatus about about us beating the Cowboys, and then we throw up another stinker in, in Lambeau against the Tennessee Titans of all teams. Now, granted, Tennessee is a very good team. They're a very well-coached team. Oh, and but, you have Tennessee in the AFC. Yeah, so you have Tennessee. and Jeez, dude. And, and, and they got Derek, a healthy Derrick Henry in that defense. They, they, they're no slouch. And Mike Vrabel is your head coach. Yeah. So wide open, man. <laughs> it's so unreal. Man, so Anthony, I'm, let's let's move forward. Let's let's look at this week's matchups. Okay, so we have Sunday's matchups. Honestly, Anthony, I'm looking at these matchups, and there is not one game outside of one that stands out to me. This is just a really bad week of football. You got the Bears against the Falcons. Who cares? You have the Eagles against the Colts. Oh, the Colts. Jeff Saturday undefeated as NFL head coach. Boom. Mic drop. Way to go, Jeff Saturday. Uh, what it, now? What do you? What would you say about Jeff Saturday as a head coach if he if he pulls off a win against the Eagles? I think that um, I, I look uh, Jeff Saturday. I, I get, I get. I actually I don't understand the all of the anger behind him getting the in, interim head coach gig. I, I really don't. He's a he's a former player, and he's. Like he's 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 been part of the Indianapolis organization for years. I mean, decades at this point. You know, so it's like, what's the big deal? It's an interim head coach. He he's not even gonna they they cannot they cannot hire him as head coach next next year. Yeah, I believe that's how the rules work where if they're you bring somebody in as an interim head coach, I, I think they by the offseason they need to find a replacement. But for what what Jeff Saturday is doing, just holding guy, being able because because from what I've learned about Jeff Saturday, just through watching what other people have said about him, he 
is very good at holding guys accountable. And he came sense. in and he came in and because he, he did talk to Pat McAfee a little bit and he said he came in, had conversations with the offensive line, kind of called them out because he's he's kind of just used to calling out offensive linemen as you do. He's uh, <laughs> just one of the greatest centers of all time. <laughs> he just snapped the ball, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest but, arguments on the NFL sideline, dude. <laughs> and the fact that they captured that, that was just awesome, dude. Yeah. I'm oh, sure yeah. that it happens every single Sunday multiple times, but just the beauty of that whole thing. Hey, just snap the ball, Jeff. Just, just, just worry about <laughs> snapping the damn ball. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. Oh. But what he, what he did talk about is other former players – it opens up opportunities for former players. It does. But they, they also have to understand the other side of it where, hey, you're going to have to humble yourself a little bit and be more of a team player to everybody. And with a lot of these guys being 35, 40 years old, you're going to have to do some of the grunt work of, hey, I have to get this guy's coffee. I have to do this, this, and this. And you have to be willing to do that and understand that. So for, for Jeff Saturday stepping in and holding guys accountable, and then he said he had to talk with Sam Ellinger. He told him, look, I like where your heart's at. I like what, you're, what you've done, but we're going to roll with Matt. And I, I think that was the right choice because I, I never understood why Matt Ryan got benched in the first place. Yeah, it wasn't. I think that that was a desperation call. Probably. I think that that was just Frank, Frank uh, Wright just being de- desperate, knowing that he was probably – in the in in the you know conversation of you know getting fired and obviously i mean who wants to get fired so you know yeah so but yeah so but i mean to to kind of tie into that i i did listen to pat mcafee had a had a pretty good rant on on his show about the whole jeff saturday signing and he kind of brought up a, a lot of good points what what is what is what was the issue where is this a, a, a loss for former NFL players? Where is this a loss for the minority community? You know, because that's the big thing, you know, black head coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. Where is this a loss? Because if you look at the if you look at former players and the opportunities that they have, they a lot of the time they have to start at ground zero. They have to be the ones who get the coffee. They have to be the ones who fill up the water bottles. And, you know, it's like, who wants to do that? Who Especially when you've already been in the in, in the locker room and you've had a, a a successful career, I think that no matter what kind of stats you put up, I think that if you're in the career for more than five years, I would call it a success, man. You made it past your rookie contract. You 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 were you were good enough to to make an NFL roster, which is only fifty three men. You know, so it's like. Yeah, no, that's 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 good, man. Like you've you're you're part of the 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 elite of the elite, you know. And so the the majority of the NFL players are minorities, you know. And and so it's like it this this should be a good thing, you know. This mm-hmm. is this should open up conversations with, hey, maybe we should have, you know, maybe we should start looking at some of the former players because they know how to they they know how to go through a um. They, they know how to get into a locker room. They know how to they know how to juggle the NFL locker room because the NFL locker room is 
just a mix of so many different backgrounds and beliefs and and you know and upbringings and you know race and everything else like that and so it's like when you know how to when you know how to mesh in that when you when you know how to do it successfully that's how you can win a locker room and if you win a locker room over and they buy in look at what mike mcdonald's is doing down in miami we were just talking about how good miami dolphins are you know and so like what's the issue i don't know i don't get it maybe and maybe it's just because i'm 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 naive to it all i could be maybe that's the case but I just wanted to tie in. I feel like Pat McAfee brought up a lot of good points on his, like, little, you know, rant that he did. And it wasn't really a rant. It was just him, you know, kind of just explaining how he how he felt, you know, which is it's his show. Just like this is our show. We can we can say whatever we want to on this. This is this is our name. This is our brand, you know. And so but I, I like I like it, I think. And especially because they won now, granted, they won against a very, very struggling Oakland Raider or geez, dude, I said it again. Dude. <laughs> I don't know why. I cannot I cannot for the life of me. I can't for the life of me remember that the that the Raiders are in Las Vegas now. I don't know why. I really don't. It just it just rolls off the tongue so much better. And it's and they've been in the, and they've been in Las Vegas for a couple of years now. So I just I don't know. I don't know, but the the struggling Las Vegas Raiders, which I mean, geez, man, I mean, who would have thought that? I know I didn't. I I think I had them only losing like three or four games this year. And they've um, already done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've almost doubled that. You know, yeah. so it's just like, I mean, they're they're yeah, they're they're two and seven. Like, what the heck is going on there? <laughs> my dude, my predictions are absolute garbage, man. My goodness, dude, but. If Jeff Saturday gets the Colts to beat the Eagles, which they might, because they didn't, they again, they didn't look that great against the Commanders, um, and it's going to be in Indianapolis, you know. So it's like, okay, Jeff Saturday is going to be on the sideline in the stadium that he played in. The atmosphere, I'm sure, is going to be electric with him there and everything. So. That he might just rally these these guys, and he might just beat the Eagles. And if he does, I think that that's going to be a win not only for him but for every NFL former player that wants to be an NFL head coach one day. Because this is, I think that that's going to be starting to be a blueprint. We're going to start seeing teams look at kind of their alumni, you know, and you know do that, you know. So I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens, man. But again, Eagles Colts. I mean, who really cares about that game? I mean, yes, it, it's going to be an interesting game to watch, you know, just because of the whole Jeff Saturday news line. Then you got Patriots-Jets. Eh, might be interesting because, you know, the AFC East is kind of crazy this year. Um, I mean, Commanders and Texans, I mean, who cares, dude? Yeah, like, uh, who cares? And then at this point, we had the Rams and the Saints. So let's talk about the Rams. They lost Cooper. They, they've now lost Cooper Cup for the season. They put him on IR. So unless if they make the playoffs, I don't think he's coming back this year, right? I mean, he could still come back towards the end of the year if he's just on IR because like, we don't know the the absolute severity of the injury. But, yeah, I mean, they they might if, – if their season is looking that bad by the end of the year, which it very well could be the way they're playing, they, they might play it the safe route and be like, look – 
we're gonna we're gonna sit Cooper Cup the rest of the year, and we'll get back to the drawing board and come back next year. <clears throat> yeah, you know, and so I think Matthew Stafford is back. So I'm actually really excited to see if this adds value to Allen Robinson because I drafted Allen Robinson in my fantasy league, and I kind of need him. So <laughs> I'm hoping that it adds value to him. But on the flip side, the, the Saints, man, they don't even know what to do anymore. They don't know if they want to start Jameis Winston. They don't know if they want to start Andy Dalton. They're always flip-flopping back and forth. I think they are going to roll with Andy Dalton, which, I mean, honestly, I think I would too, to be honest. I, You know, seeing Jameis, I just – you just don't know what you're going to get from him. At least with Andy Dalton, you know he's going to be pretty average. <laughs> You know, yeah. like at least with that, you know, he's he's going to be and he shouldn't turn the ball over. Now, granted, that was, you know, different when they were playing the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, who, who cares really about that game? I mean, I don't I don't especially now that Cooper Cup is out. I mean, the, the Rams are three and six and the Saints are three and seven. So it's like, OK, whoever wins is still going to be. There, there's still going to be a couple of games under 500. They're not going to be, you know, making kind of a playoff push at this point. And then you have the Bills and the Browns, which the Bills and the Browns game. Okay, let's talk about this, man, because they have gotten now over just of snow in Buffalo. And have you seen the pictures of the Buffalo Bills stadium? Yeah, I've seen it. There was just snow piled up everywhere in the stands on the field just it's just everywhere and they, you can't expect anybody to play in that so they're going to be moving the game over to detroit since detroit is going over to new jersey so we have a buffalo bills and cleveland browns game in ford field in detroit michigan yeah okay. which is <laughs> kind of crazy to think <laughs> Meanwhile, the 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 Lions are traveling to New York to play the Giant, the Giants. <laughs> so, so, but I mean, that's gonna be such a weird environment. Like, how is that? Because that's not like a, that's not like just a a quick little drive. That's a little bit of a hike. So, like, what's gonna happen? Are are more Bills or more Browns fans now gonna show out for what should be a home game for the Bills because of how close it is? Like how how did how did how does the logistics work with that with all of the fans who have tickets for that game? That that I'm not sure how that really works. They might I don't know. They they might take everybody who's bought a ticket and be like, "Hey, look, your your ticket still works. You're just going to need to go here instead of instead of here. And if you can't make it, maybe they give them a refund. I would hope they do." I don't know. I mean, no. I would hope so, but then who who had who gets those tickets? Who gets who gets a bid at those tickets? Are Detroit fans gonna go and watch the Bills and the Browns play? <laughs> I mean, they'd be the best team to be in Ford Field in forever. So probably, <laughs> yeah, it'd be the most. It'd be probably be the most electric thing they've seen since Barry Sanders on their field. So. I mean. Okay, so it's it's just a four hour drive. So never mind. I thought it was a lot further than that. What the heck? But it is. It's just about a, it's from Buffalo to New York to Detroit, Michigan. It's just a four hour drive. So maybe those fans would make the trip because that's just like that's like if we if we here in Tampa decide, hey, let's go down to Miami. Yeah, yeah. 
I didn't realize it was actually that close. To be honest with you, I thought it was a lot further. No, I know. Me too. I was I was actually kind of surprised. Yeah, it's only two hundred and fifty-five miles, dude. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense because you got Buffalo up there, up towards the Canadian border. You only have. To I think. A few I think states. you drive through Canada to get there. Huh. So you need like a... this, like, like the route that I'm looking at, like it, it, it goes from New York and then they, it takes you like up and then through like Hamilton and then coming back down into Detroit, like into Michigan. So is, uh, so I wonder, there's gotta be an alternate route to take them because what if you don't have a passport to get through? Yeah, so it's it's 255 miles through Canada and 358 miles through the United States. So it would hour uh, an hour in driving time. So it would be about a five hour drive through the states and a four hour drive through Canada. So I mean, I guess it's still not too bad, you know, just a little bit of a road trip. But man, that's crazy. And what time is the game? Oh, it's just a one o'clock game. So I mean, I guess that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. But if they're going to, if they're going to, Det- you're going to Detroit, and Detroit, it's actually going to be a, in Detroit. It'd be a noon game, so it kind of may, maybe throws some people off. I don't know, but uh, well, I mean, yeah, you're, but yeah, but you would just be losing an hour. So you just have to time your trip right. You can't just be yeah. like, okay, it's going to take us five hours to get there. So let's leave. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you still want to be able to get there. You know, you want to be able to think about, I mean, think about the roadways, man, to go to like <laughs> Detroit <laughs> from Buffalo. To oh, that yeah. Game. And actually, you know what? I wonder if more, if I wonder if more, um, I wonder if more Browns fans are going to show up maybe then because from Ohio to Detroit, it's only about a two and a half hour drive. It's only about 176 miles. I mean, they very well could, but Bills Mafia always travels well. So I, I, I'm going to say that we see a little bit more Buffalo Bills fans than in Cleveland fans. But yeah, look at us, look at us finding. You know, hey, if you're going to the game, you're welcome. We just we just gave you the route, which I'm sure you've already looked up, but you know, just in case if you haven't. So there, there, there you go. A little uh, geographical um, little segment from us here at the DNA Football Talk <laughs> podcast. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's gonna be interesting. But do that game that? Could you imagine if they were just like, ah, oh, just keep it in Buffalo, they'll be fine. <laughs> like looking at the stadium, looking at the Bills Stadium, that. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy, man. the The goalpost was almost completely not completely like the pole that actually holds the post up was almost like, it was like more than halfway up that the snow was from the last pictures I've seen. And I still think that they are still expecting another like 40 to 50 inches of snowfall between today and tomorrow. Like it's just insane what's happening in Buffalo right now. Yeah. And I actually saw a picture of the, of the storm coming in. And I don't know if you saw this, but the storm itself on the radar actually looks like the Buffalo Bills logo. I did see that. <laughs> I did see that. I thought that that was crazy. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> Maybe that's why they chose those colors. I don't know. That's kind of weird. <laughs> we should look up the origins of the Bills, like <laughs> um, of the Bills logo, <laughs> just to kind of see like, oh, I just, 
I was looking at the weather one day. <laughs> oh, jeez. But I mean, dude, that it's it's going to be an interesting game. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how this is going to affect some of the players. Actually, you know what? Some of the players might be happy to have gotten out of there. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably sure they're happy they got out of there because there's mm-hmm. no way you could, there's no way you can practice in that, there's no way you can play in that. You got to. Well, not only that, but I'm wondering what's going to happen with the families. So I'm wondering how that's going to impact them coming back into to Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, it could cause some issues depending how the weather is when they get when they do get back, which you said they're getting even more snow. So that at the very least, that might cause some delays in their flight. But I, I'm really not sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's. I mean, it's just it's just wild, man. Like after seeing that, because at first I was like, really, we're going to cancel it. That would have been a fun game to watch in the snow. But then after seeing the pictures of um, the stadium and seeing exactly how much snowfall that was, that's insane. Now, Anthony, you're from Green Bay. Have you ever experienced something like that? Not that much snow. Uh, I've, exper- I've experienced just snow in general you know I'll, I'll see every once in a while we'll get a foot of snow foot and a half of snow but six feet of snow i've never never had that happen man i mean that's crazy so but let's i mean let, let, let's continue down this list we got panthers ravens who cares the ravens are probably gonna blow them out of the water oh no i just said it <laughs> oh dude <laughs> Watch out, Panthers. Upset City. <laughs> but, um, you know, so the Ravens-Panthers, eh, it's kind of a meaningless game unless if the Ravens lose. That might, you know, affect them, you know, as, as far as their standings in the division um, for the AFC North because uh, the Ravens are 6-3 and three right now. And um, I want to say that the that the Bengals are actually right there. Yeah, well, they're 5-4. and four. So, and the Bengals are playing the Steelers. So, and I, I don't see the Steelers beating the Bengals. Um, do you? Um, I I don't know. They have TJ Watt back now, so that that's, that's true. That, that that's the one thing I'm like. Mm, but, uh, oh, and that offensive t- t- line with Joe Burrow. Oh no. Yeah, so it's it could go either way, but I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna give it to the Bengals this way. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the Bengals. Yeah, go. I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with the Bengals as well. Cowboys and Vikings though. That's that that is one game that I am interested to see. And now I know that the Cowboys they lost you know last week to Green Bay, um, but I mean they're still a good team. Vikings are obviously coming off of that very very crazy game in Buffalo. They're coming back to Minnesota off of that win. They're sitting very comfortably in the top of the NFC North um at eight and one. So I don't know, man. I think that I think that they continue to roll. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean the Cowboys they have enough of a team where they could definitely pull off an upset. If you even want to call it that because it seems like they're pretty pretty evenly matched i would say i'd say the cowboys probably have a little bit better of a defense than the vikings but the vikings offense i put that a little bit above them so i i think it's going to be a close game but i'm gonna i'm gonna say minnesota takes this one you think it's going to be a low score game or yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say like a mm, i'm gonna say 24 20 
Do you know if is is Zeke back yet this week? They yeah, they said he's playing, and for some reason Jerry Jones insists on starting Zeke over Tony Pollard, even though Tony Pollard's been out playing Zeke. Tony <laughs> Pollard should really I wonder Tony Pollard should should be a starting running back in the NFL somewhere. He really should be, man. He's he's done nothing but put his head down and work. He seems to be just improving year over year. And he and the way he's playing, he should be the lead back in Dallas. Like if if I'm looking at it from the outside looking in. And Zeke has done nothing but steadily decline year over year. So And not only that, but he's also he's been getting injured too. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's like, okay. So no, but he's so questionable. Well, no, oh, but they, they, uh, they, they but they do expect him to play. Okay, so they, they expect, do expect him. him to play. But he was limited yeah. in practice. So, but I mean, I don't know, man. Tony Pollard. I mean, he really should get a starting game. Like he would be, dude. Tony Pollard in Buffalo would make a lot of sense. Yeah, Tony Pollard in Buffalo would make a lot of sense, and then you'd have a really, really good running game pair, and you pair that with their passing attack already because. I don't think Devin Singletary is the answer to their their running attack. I don't. I don't I not don't not think. for not for an every down back because I think Devin Singletary he's actually been doing not too bad this year. He's he's been making plays and he's been a good piece to that offense. But I think that if you paired him up with a running back like Tony Pollard who could take the majority of the snaps and really kind of you know, make some explosive plays there out of the backfield and then maybe bring in Devin Singletary there closer towards the red zone and stuff because that kind of seems to be where he thrives. I think that that would be a really good one-two punch there in Buffalo. And that, I mean, really, I mean, we, we, we look at we, we look at the overall and we look at the, you know, the, the complete picture with the Buffalo Bills. They're really, I mean, they're, their biggest weakness, I, I want to say, is the running game. Yeah, their running game. It's between their running game and their offensive line. Which honestly I mean, could, be, could kind of pair together at then at that point. Yeah, yeah, at that point it, it probably would. So the, then the then it leads to them, like I said, relying on Josh Allen. And now, I don't know if you know this, but Josh Allen actually leads the intercept leads the league in interceptions. Does he really? Huh. Yeah, that's why. That's why. People are saying he's like a Brett Favre-esque player. He plays that backyard style of football. He can make every throw, but he's just like the gunslinger. He's going to throw some interceptions along the way too. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, but man, that's so crazy. I didn't know that, huh? Very interesting. Well, I am interested to see what what the Dallas Cowboys do in Minnesota, but I do think that the Vikings will come away with the win. Um, now, Raiders and Broncos. It, I I could I think I could care less about any other game. Like, yeah, my like goodness, the, the Broncos are the biggest, like just underachieving snooze fest of a football team that I've that I've seen all year. I've Next to the more- Raiders. I think the Raiders are. Yeah, the Raider. I mean, the Raiders and Broncos are like I'd say they're like the two just boring snooze fests of a team. Because like, man, I get more more enjoyment out of watching the Carolina Panthers than I do the two of them. I mean, you aren't joking. 
<laughs> like you were not joking with that <laughs> statement, sir. Because I agree with you. Because like it's like what the heck, man? Like what what is happening? We thought that that division was going to be like probably one of the toughest divisions in the, in 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 the NFL, and there there's no way, man. Like, dude, what is happening to the Raiders? That's my biggest question. Why? On paper, they should be one of the best teams in the NFL, and they're not. It's it's Josh McDaniels, man. Josh McDaniels is, is not cut. He is not cut out to be an NFL head coach, and he's he's proven it once, and now he's proving it again. He. But no. didn't Josh McDaniels take the Broncos to the to the playoffs? Yeah, they won a playoff game. They had their magical the Cinderella run to the playoffs with Tim Tebow, and they won one game, but. Outside of that, no, he he was better suited to just stay in New England under Bill Belichick and be a coordinator. He is not built to be a head coach in the NFL. Huh. Which I don't understand, but I guess I mean so do you think that after this this um do you think that after this this year they're they're gonna move on? I mean if I'm the Raiders, I would. Like if you're Al Davis, uh, Al Davis hasn't been he, mean, Al Davis mean, no, isn't no, no, really no, patient no, with anybody. You mean Mark Davis? Al Davis passed away. Remember his son. His son. I always live in the past with the Raiders, man. I, Oakland, Al Davis. You know, come on. You, like, might, you I'm, might. Yeah, I'm I in mean, the glory days of of the Raiders, man. That's just what I remember. That's well, that's that's really like where my brain is apparently. John Madden coaching the team. Al Davis running the show. Like, uh, Isn't John Madden coach? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look, all right, you ain't got to go that far, man. <laughs> that was all no right. disrespect to John Madden. Rest in peace. One, one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. Changed the entire game of football for forever, and we will always be thankful for that, especially as NFL fans. So I didn't mean <laughs> any disrespect by that. But when you look, when you, I mean. Is there going to be any excitement out of this game, or is it just going to be the battle of who has the who, who has the ball last? Dude, who cares? I'm I'm glad that it's on the West Coast and it's a four o'clock game. So here in Tampa, we probably won't even see it. Probably. I'm okay with that. So I'd say the last. I mean, the Monday Night Football game with the Niners and Cardinals, it could be interesting. Could be, or yeah. It could it could be, but the Cardinals and that defense, they're not playing up, up to snuff as w- what they would like to be. Kyler Murray is still not a hundred percent. So that that's an easy one for me. I'd take the Niners and then what about uh, the Chiefs and uh, Chargers though? That game could very, very well be interesting because they are getting Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back for the Chargers. So are they like mm-hmm. officially? I believe so. Yeah. They expect both of them to play this week. So, because Keenan Allen to me is starting to become like a Michael Thomas. He's a great wide receiver, but when he's not, I mean, he he just continues to not be out there, you know. So it's just like, what's what's happening? Yeah. So the fact that they're getting both of them back, and then you got uh, Josh Palmer who doesn't have to play a a number one receiver role anymore. And he's a good slot guy. Yeah, he's good in the slot, and they got Gerald Everett and Austin Eckler in the backfield, and then Justin Herbert. I feel like he's been on the a downward slide because he hasn't had his top two guys in the receiving room. So I feel like the Chargers make it interesting, but I'm I'm going to give it to the Chiefs. Okay, so you you take that. So I'm just 
Yeah, top two just wide outs a chance to return in action week eleven against the Chiefs. So hopefully I mean hopefully we see them because it will definitely be um okay, so they, they practice fully to are on um when was that? Wednesday? So if if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams come back, I actually I might give the edge to the Chargers. Because it's it's kind of it's kind of one of those games where it's it's almost a must win if they want to continue to compete. Because the Chiefs are seven and two, the Chargers are five and four. If the Chargers lose, that means that they're back down to five hundred. That puts the Chiefs three more. That puts the Chiefs three games ahead of the Chargers in that AFC West division, and in the AFC, I mean, we're looking at so many. We're looking at so many. You know, low. Um, or not low, that was going to be the wrong phrase I was about to use, but we're looking at so many um, teams that are are good, you know, and that have good records. And so I feel like if the Chargers want to stay in that that playoff picture, they're going to have to win and start to close the gap with the Chiefs. And the last time that they played, it was a close game, was it not? Yeah, it was a close game, and we saw that uh, the Derwin James, uh, Travis Kelsey body slam and all that good stuff so it should be a yeah. good game it should definitely be a good game so but we are we are looking forward to week 11 man anthony i don't know man should we okay so this is going to be something that me and anthony are going to start putting out there we might put a poll on our social media so definitely start start following us on twitter that is going to be our most engaged social media platform that we are using it's at talk underscore dna um again that is at talk underscore dna um, we post on there daily. Um, we definitely love the engagement with you guys. You know, like our posts, share our posts, whatever. We retweet it if, if you enjoy us, um, just so then that way we can continue to kind of reach more people. Um, so, but Anthony, I don't know, man. I've kind of liked having this like longer conversation with you. I don't feel like I'm being rushed. I don't feel like, you know, I just feel like it had a good flow to it. So, we 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 might we might go down to one episode a week. I, I'm not too sure, but if the, if we do go down to one episode a week, then it's going to be you know longer. Um, but we still might. We I don't know. We'll we'll put the poll out. We'll put the poll out. And if you aren't on social media, then send us send us in an email. Um, DNA football talk at gmail.com. Again, that's DNA football talk at gmail.com. Go ahead and tell us what you guys think because we want to hear from you guys. Um, you know, and just let us know, would you rather have two like hour, hour 15 long episodes or one big episode kind of like this, where I think we're right around, we're, we're getting close to the two hour mark with this episode. So, um, you know, hour and 45 minutes. So just kind of let us know, you know, let us know your thoughts, um, before. Yeah. I mean, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do any kind that you know without letting you guys know so we'll be back on our normal schedule on wednesday you guys will be hearing this today on saturday and um but we appreciate you guys listening we hope you guys enjoy it anthony do you have any words for the people out there no like i always say i hope everybody's team wins this weekend and we will see you all next week we hope you guys is win and uh except if you're the packers fans y'all already lost so there's no win for you this week yeah, sorry yeah, about yeah, that we, okay yeah man we get it we get it yeah Hey, I'm just saying, man. You're three and six. What do you want? Or four and yeah, seven? Yeah. What do you want me yeah, to do? Yeah, I know. 
this it's so. been a roller coaster for me man i know i know it has you win you lose you win you lose you lose you lose you lose and then you win again so um but we hope you guys have a great great weekend happy thanksgiving to everyone thanksgiving is coming up so we we got football um so yeah man we we got football holiday season is right around the corner it is hard it is hard to imagine anthony that we are coming up on almost a half a year of doing this we started our first episode came out june 1st of this year and now we are going into the last couple of weeks of november rolling into december and this season is already more than halfway done so what a what a ride it has been i have had so much fun with this more than i honestly anticipated to have yeah definitely i, I i've really enjoyed it i really enjoy your company and in doing this and uh hope to see more success in the future man absolutely we hope to see um we hope to see us continue to grow if you like this if you like this podcast and you want us to continue to grow and you're wondering how you can support us as of right now the best way to support us is to share this with your family and friends we're on apple Podcasts, spotify we're on google Podcasts. we're also on the platform anchor that is where we actually record this um so if you are a you know if you if you want to you know maybe become a, a podcast host yourself anchor is definitely the platform to go and that's not even sponsored i'm just saying that just simply because it has been um, a great great tool for us to use to bring you guys the content that that we have um so but if you want us to get sponsors which that is definitely a goal definitely continue to share this like this post leave us a good review um, you know, follow us on social media, building a, a media, a social media platform is definitely huge. Um, and getting, you know, engagement with that obviously helps us with our growth. So, but we appreciate all of you guys for listening. We again, apologize. And we thank you for the patience for no Wednesday episode. Um, like I said, life sometimes just happens and, uh, there's just a few things kind of going on and, um, you know, my personal life, um, that, you know, just kind of affected us from winning or from um, recording on Wednesday. So, but we are back and uh, we hope you guys have a great weekend. Anthony, until next time, my good friend. Until next time, man. We will see you.